If you spread it nice and thin, you can probably force it in a day. Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 18. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the Garth Algar to my Wayne Campbell, Andrew Mitchell. Aha, party on. Party on. We got this. That's what oh, I know. Yeah. All right, all right. You know, 18 times the charm. You, I, you've, known, you've known a good chunk of them. I've There's known a, most of the ones that you've said. Yeah, last one was um, out there, even for me. Well, I, last one I knew, I just had to dredge it up in my mind, because I'm like, oh yeah, yeah Nux. I know Nux. Yeah, it's like everyone knows Nux, but you're like... Who the fuck's the other guy? Well, I went back and rewatched some of the scenes because, you know, why not rewatch most of Mad Max for the 80th time? And he does say slit like two times, yeah. but it's the way they do the dialogue in that. They have a lot of lines that aren't like crazy clear. So if you're not really paying attention for it, you kind of miss it. So especially when it's mixed in with a lot of like pseudo Aussie idioms and like because it's kind of Australia, but not quite Australia. So, you know, it's 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 not not the easiest thing to catch. Well, and as long as you don't watch it with subtitles on. Yeah. Fun thing I learned from Fury Road. Uh, apparently, instead of saying, like, punch it to hit the gas, they say fang it in Australia. That doesn't make any sense. That's, I, yeah, and that, that confused me when I saw the movie for the first time, too. And I was like, what the hell does fang it mean? Oh, yeah. punch it. Okay, like, sure. Yeah, what, a, let's see, it's, everyone calls them in America gearheads. What are they, they call them something weird in Europe. Uh, petrol heads? Petrol heads, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've watched I've, so much Top Gear. For I was about to say, I've watched enough Top stick Gear. stick in my brain. Yeah. I was like, it's not diesel head. That's wrong. That sounds a lot cooler than petrol it head, does. though. It does. It's because I was thinking diesel punk. Yeah, that's what I thought of, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, petrol. Yeah, gearhead sounds way cooler than petrol head. Yeah, it, I think it's. Sorry to our, like, four UK listeners. Gearhead and diesel head are almost tied, I'd say, with petrol head coming in pretty far behind. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Andrew, what's our sponsor today? Because I'm thirsty, buddy. Oh, well, as always, we are sponsored by Grip and Rip. Ooh, that was a hard can to open. I don't have my pop filter on. I got beer on my microphone, Andrew. Beer oh, on. Oh, God. Be, be real careful when you make the p sounds. Ooh, that, I, I pulled my pop filter down there. Okay. Cool. Pulling the pop filter. Pulling Checking the, pop the pops. Filter. Get those nice crisp pops going on. Oh, that. Oh, that smells nice. Andrew, what are you drinking today? Oh, Tony, 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 Tony. I went to the liquor store because this was kind of a last second and prop to uh, Dice Like Ice recording, so I didn't really have an appropriate beer. I didn't want to have an atomic pumpkin for the third time because yeah, I do good. still have like eight of them in my fridge. Words um, would have been had. Yeah, yeah, no. So I went to the liquor store and I was like, oh, well, they're starting to get some of the goofy fall beers out. You know, I don't want to necessarily get like another pumpkin ale because most of them are honestly kind of garbage. Uh, I did see that Left Hand Brewing had a pumpkin latte stout and I was like, all right, that's going to be the winner. But then one shelf over, I saw it. A glorious, wonderful, beautiful beer that I have not had in ages, like legitimately years because it is from Ballast Point Brewing out of San Diego and it's typically a limited release. I got myself... Victory at Sea Imperial Porter, one of That's, my favorite beers. That sounds good, dude. It is a ten percenter, so this oh, one oh. is uh, it's a little little up there. It is also oh, a uh, let's see, a uh, pretty fucking chonky can. Where does it say the ounces? I'm guessing it's a sixteen ouncer just by the size. 
uh, doesn't say on it. That's fine. Um, but it's an Imperial Porter brewed with coffee and vanilla. It's just a good, delicious porter. Nice. Oh, it's so good. And they had a um, an extra limited edition one time where it was Victory at Sea, but it was aged in bourbon barrels. Oh, boy. Oh, that was nectar of the gods. If you can find that anywhere, buy it. You will love it. Uh, I'll have to check that one out. Well, what goofy beer are you getting? You seemed excited about this one. This sounded I like have, ha- half the reason you wanted to record the podcast is, was for this is, beer. because I, I found a six-pack of it, and I was very excited. Uh, I have a local brew again, Academia's Lumberjacked Cherry Limeade Vanilla Blonde Ale. Which, oh, Lord. That's, that's, a, that's a little out of my normal beer thing, but the reason I'm excited about this is because the art on it, the, the can art, is done by a friend of the show, Oliver, uh, great artist. He does all kinds of local beer art and things. Uh, check him out. Super Ollie World on Instagram. But it's a brew he did in conjunction with the local axe throwing bar out here called well, Lumberjacks. Uh, let's give it a shot. It's 5.4, 12 ounces. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I need to go by that that That, that axe is throwing place. really good. You said it was a cherry limeade? A cherry limeade vanilla bean. Holy crap, dude. Huh. Might have to pick some of that up after Nova. Holy crap, dude. That's really good. And the art's awesome. Yeah, so, I did see the art. He yeah. uh, posted it in our uh, Discord a couple of nights ago, and it That's was really good. pretty That's on surprising. point. I was not expecting to like that. Huh. Look at me branching out into weird flavors, Andrew. Yeah. Are you proud of me? There's a lot more out there than just IPAs, Tony. <laughs> It's weird. It's not tart, like it. It doesn't. It doesn't make me go <laughs> in the back of my throat when I drink it. Like a lot of IPAs. What is this? It's not hoppy. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't smell like paint thinner. My beard doesn't grow longer when I drink it, though. <laughs> well, that's why you get a nice imperial porter. That's ten yeah, ABV. Right. That's fair. This is in the middle. IPAs make your beard beard grow like uh, longer, but porters make it grow fuller. And I think a stout does both. Yeah, a stout does both. But only half as much each direction. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, sometimes you need volume more than length, so. Fair enough. All right, Andrew, it hadn't been uh, that long since we recorded. In fact, this will probably come out about a week after our last episode. But wanted to throw one in there before uh, before Nova and talk about it a little bit. So, Andrew, what uh, what you been working on this past nine days, buddy? Uh, hobby progress. Okay. <laughs> so, um, like you said, a little over a week. Which is pretty unprecedented for us. I think we've only got a turnaround like this maybe once in our history so far. Yeah, there um, wasn't when we had a bunch of backlog episodes. We just fired out week after week at the start. Yeah, those uh, three back-to-back were pretty close. But, we're approaching um, the year mark, dude. We're getting there. Um, what is it? October was our first recording? Uh, October was our first drop. Our first recording was the end of September. Wow. Damn, yeah. So I guess our post-Nova podcast will probably be pretty close to our yeah, anniversary. Yeah, it'll be right around our year mark. Neat. Grew well, up so fast. <sighs> anyway, uh, so the only thing I've gotten accomplished this week, which was a decent bit, but it was only one project. Um, from my Chaos Knights box set, I worked on both of the War Dogs, uh, and I finished them today. Like, um, what time is it? Do do do. About two <laughs> hours ago, I finished nice. them. Um 
I magnetized the arms, so I have all the options I can swap between. Um, I went with both of the feral-looking heads that come with, like, the carnivore kit specifically, the uh, the melee dudes. So I have the, the one that's, like, the metal vulture head and then the one that's, like, the big dog skull. Um, war dogs are their armagers, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I always want to call them war hounds because I think it sounder's cooler, but there's just it other does. stuff called war hounds. That's already taken, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, GW never, never uses a game looking at you, Cthonian Berserks. Yeah, well, I mean, I have my my Chaos Knight Abominant, so you know, I'm sure the yeah, but that's uh, different. The Gene Steeler cult enthusiasts are a little miffed about that. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, not real people anyway. So I went ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That had levels. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so hey, Gene Steeler cult players, send in your angry emails. Jeez, all two of you. <laughs> one of them is Will, and he quit that army in like six games. Yeah, he he could not make that one work. Uh, but anyway, so I finished them up, uh, got them weathered. I wanted to go heavy on the weathering, but I, I, I restrained myself because I was in kind of Necromunda mode where everything has to have a layer yeah. of rust or, you know, just Sewer shit, shit and all the cracks. So I only did a little bit. Um, the way I painted them specifically, I kind of made it look like the, the paint job was more worn than anything. So I specifically kind of painted streaky. Um, and then I layered the streaks of different colors so you could kind of see the other ones through it. I think it turned out kind of okay. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the, the overall look of it. Uh, did end up going with House Herpetrax in the end. Herpetrax, I always get that wrong. Nice. Um, which is kind of a cool, like, acid green and then a lot of, like, blacks and grays with, like, gold trim and stuff. So they, they kind of pop on the board a lot. Uh, a it's lot of quartering. Skaven looking. Yeah, no, it does. The, the green is kind of like a warp stone kind of kind of flavor to it, uh, which is the predominant color on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of like quartering and having and stuff. So like their thigh guards are like bone color and black on the other sides. And then their shoulder pads are either bone or black or green. So you just kind of mix and match those where it feels appropriate. Um, the transfer sheet did come with their house house sigil which is kind of a snake thing on it so i'll probably give that a try see if i can actually make some transfers work for once in my life so uh you know that's pretty much been it i haven't finished the bases on them yet because i'm not a hundred percent sure how i want to base them yet um uh i was looking at some of the age of sigmar stuff to like maybe tear up and use as basing because i kind of had the idea of maybe like an overgrown jungle but i don't necessarily know how well that would work considering how bright green they are so i don't yeah. know I'll, I'll i'll check around and see i do kind of want i don't know maybe i could do like an alpine forest or something i just really want to push myself on the basing on these guys you can um, always go cool water world like your giant but like turn it up another two degrees oh yeah just get like good pour resin and have them walking through it that could be mm-hmm. kind of neat um yeah so i'm all around um plenty of options out there so i'm, I'm not going to worry about it too much until i've got my uh my night abominant built and painted so yeah. he's he's next on the docket and then i got a cargo weight ridge hauler after that so got a, a lot of stuff in my my future um purchases are also hobby progress so that's yeah, all i've are. gotten gotten done since then so i did uh pre-order the hexbane kit for uh for warhammer underworlds um which got delivered today which was pretty nice uh went ahead and popped it open it's all push fit stuff it'll probably take me 20 minutes after we're done recording to get it put together uh but man those bottles are cool i'm very excited for them probably take them with me to nova in case anybody wants to teach me how to play shadespire i've <laughs> never or, or underworlds i've never actually played before even though i've bought in bought uh what, at this point fuck? yeah words are hard it's, it's, all right, buddy. Uh, it's you're, you're part of the way through a 10 percent beer you, 
<laughs> it's gonna be all right. And it's after work. I'm tired. You know, it's a thing. Uh, I've I've made purchase of uh, three different underworld gangs so far. I think Molog's Mob, the Crimson Court, and now Hexbane. So yeah, I uh, I I I should probably learn how to play at some point. Um, after that, I also bought uh well pre-ordered. It's not out quite yet. It's it's released tomorrow. I pre-ordered uh, Bellicor's Chosen for Warcry oh, because yeah. that's just a really cool war band. I'm, they they look fun and you know I own a Bellicor, so it seems pretty appropriate. Uh, and I did also go ahead and buy the Centurion Marshal because that model just that kicks model ass. So I, I just had to have it. So there you go. That's uh that's all my hobby progress. Not not so- too terribly exciting, but you know something. So you're going to go uh, Lava Scheme on Bellicor's Chosen as well? Uh, I might do Lava Basing and just have them all like standing okay. on rocks so they're not burning their feet off. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't don't know if I want it to be like, I don't know, Bellicor is shitting out the lava or something and they're just in his presence so everything's lava. Or if, you know, they just happen to also be in a lava place in, uh, what is it, Shaman or whatever the plane yeah. of fire is. So Well, let's yeah. see, they don't have a whole lot of skin showing, do they? No, like the iron golems. It, yeah, I painted them in the same scheme that I'm going to plan on painting the, the Bellicor's Chosen in. Gotcha. But uh, they would burn their fucking feet off hanging around yeah. Bellicor, so... Well, I was, uh, I was thinking uh, you could do the skin-like flame and then the armor like blackened iron. Oh, no, I think I'm, I might just save that for any, like, demons that I get for yeah, whatever that's Slaves that's of Darkness cool. I get. Or, There's like... a lot of cool possessed coming out. Yeah, it's... I'm, I'm very excited to see what else they do with Slaves of Darkness since uh, that book is coming out. Yeah. Because uh, they showed off the Orgroids, which are really cool. Um, but there might be more stuff incoming. Who knows? We, we, they, they always do reveals at Nova, and that's coming up pretty soon for us. Yes, so it is. Hopefully we'll get back to you with some cool information that you guys have already seen, because the internet is way <laughs> faster than us. So how about you, Tony? What uh, hobby progress have you gotten in this slightly over a week? Uh, well, the Skaven are 100% done. Uh, I do on Sunday want to possibly steal a handful of winter tufts because i do not have winter tufts like i thought i did okay Uh, just to throw on a couple of things and maybe some of the smaller rocks to put just to break up the basing a little bit but they're all they're all painted all the giant rats all the storm vermin storm fiends went back through and cleaned up a lot of just the the shitty year ago me painter stuff uh it's amazing how different my paint style is in literally one year well, and you've done a pretty good job of like consistently painting and trying to yeah, push yourself. So trying to. It, you, it, it really does. You, you show progress if you just keep to it. I mean, practice yeah. makes perfect and all that. And it was just funny when you held up your, your arch warlock or whatever, and you're like, this was the best thing I could paint last year. This is shit now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, but I looked at him like, man, fuck this. I repainted that entire thing. <laughs> yeah. And at the time it was the best you could paint and it was good, but yeah, was. now you can do better. <laughs> Yeah, when I looked at it, I was I was distraught. I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought no, I mean, I fucking capped there, but that's, that's that's how I am when I look back on half my stuff. Like, if I look back at each of my individual goblins and my glooms by gets, I could go way harder on them. Granted, it's a goblin. I'm not going to. There's no point in wasting my time on them other than just making them look tabletop. But I could do a lot better than so, I did uh, what three years ago when I painted them. Yeah. So uh, let's throw the addendum out there to the uh, the hobby burnout, how to get through it. Look at some of the old stuff you've done next to the new stuff you've done and go, God damn, this shit's improving. I can keep doing this and make it even better. Exactly. So got those guys painted up. Finished painting up the cartoon orcs. I uh, just have to base them now, but they're all done. They're fun. God, they're fucking fun to paint. 
uh, built the Varag Ghoul Chewer for them. Did find the other sprue for the troll. So, not sure where that went because it was just magically back in my fucking Blood Bowl box. So, who knows? Could uh, just so be one the, of those things where you had a book on top of it and just didn't realize. Yeah, so got the troll built. Uh, that Garag Vult Varag Ghoul Chewer model <laughs> was kind of a pain in the ass to build. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the the torso pieces. So I don't have the the assembly instruction book. So I was ah. doing it off a picture from online of the book, but like it, it the the two the two portions of the torso where the shoulder connect, there's like one contact point on each side, but it's not intuitive how it sits. Because everything else goes over it. So there's weird gaps in it. So that that frustrated me a bit. Interesting. I don't really remember any issues when I built mine, but it's it might be one of those ones that was annoying at the time, but wasn't yeah. quite annoying enough to be like, oh, that fucking model, like the Stompa. It was also the first model that I built af that Friday uh, after working the 10 straight, like, massive shit days at work. So I was already just in a, like, not having it sort of mood, so that probably didn't help. Probably. Uh, then I got the unmade Warband for Warcry, also bought and built. Those are the guys that wear their own faces as belts, right? Yes, those are belt faces. Hmm. Uh, they're just they... creepy and cool, and I love it. I wonder how they don't die of infection. <laughs> Chaos? Sure. Just rub some warp dust in it. You'll be fine. They also remove their hands and replace them with hooks. Which, I, it, I guess they get, like, the less important people to do that, where they just trust them to, to chop their limbs off and put hooks on them. Because, you know, once you remove your digits, it's kind of hard to go about nailing a, a hook into your stump. Yeah, well, I don't know. If, if you're very dexterous with a guy that's already got two hooks, perhaps he could suture them on there or tie them or something. Maybe. Though, I, I think looking at the models, I think the hooks are like like a thing put over the stump and then just kind of nailed in place, if I had to guess, Ugh. for lack of a better term. Riveted. Chicago screwed? Whatever you want to be on there. Shellacked. <laughs> Shellacked. Fucking plaster dipped. Yeah, exactly. Flex taped on. Those dudes are fucking gnarly. They're cool as hell. So, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell paint scheme I want to do for my um, Splintered Fang as well. I'm playing around doing a, a flesh tone that's a base of Rackarth flesh. Then I did a very thin down orc flesh wash. Then a dry brush of Rackarth, a dry brush of Pallid Witch Flesh, and then a very light dry brush of Skull White to give it a weird, sickly green tone. But I don't, I don't know if I like how it turned out. Uh, what else would you think to do if that one doesn't end up working out? I, I don't know. Like, I, I like the idea of having that weird greenish power to it, but I'm just going to have to... That was what I did in the, like, 15 minutes before the show started. I was messing around with that, and I was like, I don't... I don't know. Maybe I just need to kind of sit on it and see it with other colors, because that's the only color on them right now. Yeah, sometimes you just need to get, like, cloth, cloth color and the metal color for stuff to really start getting tied together. Yeah, so I'll do that. Um, finish painting up my three apostates for Necromunda. So then I also painted white spots on the bases to write their names on them, since they're all the same thing. Oof. They get kind of confused, but whew, boy, I need better handwriting. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Hey, it works. Uh, you could, like, print out strips or something to put on it. I could, but for right now, it'll work fine just writing them on there. Yeah, I still need to actually build my Necromunda lists for Nova, so yeah, I, I actually can make up some fun dwarf names for my squads. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, All I know is I want to get Chubbins as one for some reason. Chubbins? All right. Okay. Yeah, kind of like Porkins. That was kind of my thinking. Yeah. So that might that might be one of my juves. He might be the new Speedy of this gang. Oh God, Speedy's still kicking. Speedy that, is still kicking. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. So hobby purchases count. So uh, I've bought into some Middle Earth stuff again because I want to get back into that one, and uh, I have, you know, had Matt join my little fellowship. He's all in for Rivendell at this point. Who would he so, be in the fellowship? We're talking about you, Matt. We know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, you... Who would we be? I feel like we would be Merry and Pippin. Because we're not main characters. No, no. We are far and away from a Sam or a Frodo. Yeah, so if we're Merry and Pippin... I've... Well, I mean, if he's going elves, then you could say he's legless, but... Yeah. He's too clumsy to be legless. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> he's probably the most dexterous out of all of us, though. He goes jogging. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I know, but still... <laughs> Uh, I, I will say, out of Jeff, anyone... In, Jeff would be Gimli. For sure, yeah. Would any of us truly be Aragorn, son of Arathorn? I mean, that's the real question. I, I feel like Phil might, just because he's the one true king with all the fucking stuff he makes for us. That's fair. He is the fucking leader of this gang, so... Yeah, and you know, if I if I make him Aragorn, maybe he'll play Middle-Earth with us. You hear that, Phil? Hey. Pick up <laughs> the shards so of Narsil. <laughs> flame in the west who's gandalf we need a larger gang is the problem we don't have quite enough people to to yeah. fit every lord of the Rings slot ah something to debate later anyway what yeah, other hobby progress nice. you got uh let's see so uh, yeah i bought uh i'm buying into the fiefdoms so like the swan knights and stuff like that which weren't in the movies they're in the books right uh but he's like um uh prince imrahil i think is how you pronounce his name he's uh like a elvish and human blood and he's it's basically an army of like low end characters almost because of okay. their power levels uh so you don't have as many of them but they're all uh, they're fucking bretonians they're riding on fucking barded horses with bright blue heraldry and lances i'm, I'm just playing bretonians in another game that's, type. that's all you needed <laughs> um they've also got really good archers as well the archers of the Black Veil, Blackroot Veil. I think it's Blackroot Veil. Briar sounds. Root? I don't know. Sounds Veil. Yeah. Briarroot. I don't fucking remember what they're called. Briarroot or Blackroot, something like that. Archers. Um, but I just I just like the paint scheme on it. It's a blue and white paint scheme. Blue's fun to paint. White's kind of a pain in the ass, but you know, push yourself. I'm telling you, man, get Vallejo whites. It helps. I did. I did, and I love it. Uh, it was two thin coats of white, and it went straight over black, and it kind of broke my brain. No, like it's it's shocking the difference between the Citadel paints and the Vallejo paints when it comes mm -hmm. to the whites. It's outrageous. Yeah. Um, and then I also, like Andrew, pre-ordered Hexbane Hunters and got it today. Uh, unlike Andrew, I have not opened the box yet. Yeah, I opened it up about uh, five minutes before we started recording, so it's not yeah. like I'm too far ahead of you. Oh, Andrew, uh, you forgot one purchase hobby progress that we both just made as we started recording. Oh, uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. We did both just purchase the uh, the Witch Hunter's Handbook. Yep, because <laughs> we have a type, apparently. Uh, yeah, as, uh, <laughs> if the new cities of Sigmar that they teased uh, in the stream a few months ago it, like leans super heavily into the Witch Hunter aesthetic, I might be doing that for an AOS army. <laughs> yeah, ditto. Because they're uh, so cool. Oh, uh, man, just like the repeater pistols and the fucking pilgrim hats are just so goofy, and I love them so much. Oh, uh, yeah. they're It's just fucking great models. 
Bare minimum, um, you get them to it, convert for Necromunda. Yeah, and there's uh, one more piece of hobby, hobby progress that Andrew and I have been working on together that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode uh, that does pertain to Nova. So we'll do a short little segment about that in this episode as well. All right. Uh, what about games played, Andrew? Have you played anything in the past nine days? Not a single thing, because uh, I skipped out on our typical uh, Necromunda night because we had an odd number of players, and I had a project to work on. So, Fair enough. I have gotten two games in, actually. Uh, I played a game of Warcry with Matt, Phil, and Matt's son, Thaddeus. Uh, it was a learning game of Warcry for me. The three of them have all played it before. We did a four-player game that was... Um, it was like, I don't know what it was called, because I don't have the rule book, but basically it was like Last Champion Standing. Uh, you're trying to kill the other gang's leaders, and when their leader is dead, their warband runs away. So, and you can't, the if you're at the edge of it, your leader's dead. Like, your leader just dies if they're within four inches of the edge at the end of any turn. So, basically, we were just all running forward, um... Phil decided that he wanted to attack, uh, he wanted to make an alliance with Thaddeus, and the two of them attacked me and Matt, so we were on board. Matt was using the Scions of the Flame, which are beautifully painted on fire bases. Uh, Phil was using the Cypher Lords, which are the weird things that have, like, the fans and the swords. Oh, like the very Zinch guys? Yeah, yeah, I guess they are Zinchian. They're almost, like, they're almost Greek-looking in their stylings on things. Hmm. Um, and then those were also gorgeous. Uh, Thaddeus was using the Corvus Cabal, which holy shit, those guys are fast. And oh. uh, I was using my Splintered Fang. So we go after each other. Uh, Phil smashes a couple of my guys. A couple of my guys smashes. Uh, mine and Matt's leader are both on this bridge because we were going to fight each other up there until the two of them decided to attack us. Uh, then Phil's leader jumps up behind mine, attacks, almost kills my dude. My dude just turns around and just impales her with a trident and just kills her outright. Damn. Uh, so yeah, that got rid of Phil's thing. And then we were kind of running long on time, so we were just using the heroes, like our leaders. So Thaddeus' leader got up on the top, um, ended up killing Matt's leader. My leader almost killed Thaddeus' leader. Then he whiffed against me entirely on the attack back. And then he got priority the next turn and killed my leader before I could attack him. So he ended up winning it. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun playing Warcry with those guys. Yeah, so I'm, for- uh, after the level of enthusiasm that Phil and Matt were both showing after Gen Con playing it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a lot more interested in learning how to play with this, uh, this new rules update that they just released. Yeah, but the four of us playing, me having to learn everything about Warcry again, and us, you know, doing the classic joking around, shooting the shit as we played, that game was like an hour. Maybe an hour and ten minutes. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, And then the other game I played was Necromunda on Wednesday against Phil's Eshers. It's actually the first time I have played against Phil since since we joined back into the group. Which means that I haven't played against Phil in about ten years. Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? And we got to think, it's like, how have neither of us played against each other in the entire last campaign? You didn't play against them at all last campaign? No, not at all. We both huh. played Eshers, so we tried to avoid playing against each other, because it would have just been two almost identical lists going at each other. Well, all right, then. Mirror matches aren't fun. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so it was his Escher, uh, as he calls him, his Spec Ops build, which is a lot of smoke and photo goggles. 
which are really good shooting through smoke. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, that's cool. My crossbow guy also has photo goggles. So I'm just hoofing rockets back through the smoke uh, with a three-up ballistic skill. And, you know, he aims, so he hits on the two. So naturally he missed all four rockets he fired. Boy, I sure do know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, Phil handedly beat me on that one. Uh, it was just standoff, so it was, you know, you deploy six inches and you're just fighting until one gang breaks. Right. Fucking my grenade launcher hits on a two plus. Uh, he went to aim and shoot, fired, missed with a one, almost hit my guy, ran out of ammo. Yeah. Uh, I think I had three guys out of ammo, and Phil also had three guys out of ammo by, like, the second turn. Jesus. It was crazy the amount of ammo rolls we rolled. Uh, I think I fired eight, seven or eight flame templates and managed to catch one thing on fire. Uh, I was I was ultimate dice like ice that game. Like, I could not wound to save my life. Sounds like you need to get some gunk rounds so they catch on fire on a two-up. Yeah. Uh, the good news is uh, I did kill the Death Maiden in That's... close combat. Wow. Okay. Like dead yeah. dead or just defeated? No, no, not dead dead. Defeated. Damn. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> someone still needs to take her out for killing my leader first game of the campaign. No, uh, the Death Maiden ran through, mulched one of my uh, my free juves because Phil's gang raider is higher than mine. So I brought three free guys into my tunnels uh, with two with blunder poles and then one of them with a blasting charge. Wow. So you who, really wanted that guy to commit suicide, huh? Yeah, he didn't, though. He ran for it. He threw it. He hit with it. Uh, he blew a hive scum into a wall and didn't hurt him <laughs> and did two damage to uh, the Camarex thing. And... Uh, uh, well, the mutant cat. Pinned it. Yeah, the the big loogie monster. That thing shoots <laughs> explosive loogies. It's horrifying. Really? Yeah. That might be yeah. like a chemical upgrade or something. Yeah, it's it's mean. it's one of the one of the upgrades it can take. I'm about to say because he, he didn't have that last campaign. Yeah, it's horrifying. Um, but yeah, so I hit the death maiden with a blunder pole. It actually caused a wound to her with it. Uh, she then removed that dude from all planes of existence. Uh, started to run towards another one of my guys, and then my leader used uh, Feats Don't Fail Me Now to take hmm. a flesh wound to run up to her and just fucking smashed her in the face with a power axe and then shot her with a plasma pistol. Hell yeah, Batman. Yeah, I was like, all right. Uh, then my leader got shotgunned and went out of action. Yeah. no, that, <laughs> yeah. Why not? That's Necromunda, baby. But yeah, no, it was a fun game. I had a blast playing against Phil, but those are the only two games I've had, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, next time we record, we're going to have a lot of them to talk about. Yeah, we uh, are. Yeah, we are. Coming up soon is Nova. But uh, yeah. first, we should probably talk about some, some Warcom articles before then, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Um, hasn't been a whole lot of Warcom articles that really affect what we talk about. But there's there's been a few. What uh, what you got, Andrew? What you want to talk about? Well, well, uh, because I know it's your absolute favorite, we got to get it out of the way first. Uh, it's a uh, Votan watch, baby. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> So everybody's favorite uh, space miners are coming back. Um, they teased a few new things. So first off, we get to see our first HQ unit from it. The uh, the Votan Kal, K-A with a little squiggly above it, H-L. <laughs> um, pretty, pretty cool dude hanging out on his cool hero rock. He gets a power fist or a power axe and, you know, Volkite blaster. Pretty, pretty fun. I do love the drum-fed storm bolter. That is pretty rad, honestly. I'm not super huge on their, like, 
Viking ship prowl thing that comes off their power packs. That's that seems to be a pretty consistent theme amongst all yeah. of their uh, their leadership units for for Votan so far. It's an interesting choice. I like the one in the art that goes shoulder to shoulder and not over the head like a crest. Yeah, if it had done shoulder to shoulder on most of them, I think it would have looked a lot cooler. Uh, but, I um, don't like his death mask. I thought the death the, the death mask was actually pretty cool. It, uh, it looks way too Caradron Overlords to me. I think if it wasn't painted gold, it would look cooler. Like if it was actually made to look like the same color as the armor, I think that would be just like like a really cool ornate helmet. I think that would yeah. look a lot cooler. The power um, fist cool as shit though. I power love fist that cool design shit. power fist. I really love their like laser axes. I'm glad that's something that uh, they can someone other than the berserks can get. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I guess that's not a power axe. It's actually an energy weapon, isn't it? It's like a plasma axe or something. Um, cool. And then, yeah, they get consistent Volkite weaponry, so he has a Volkite pistol, which is pretty rad. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty cool model overall. I'd say, yeah, the only real knock is that, you know, yet another hero stone, but that's just that's just consistent with yeah, most that's... GW stuff these days. Yeah, Dynamic pose, give it a rock. <laughs> uh, after that is... Oh, crap, lost the page. Uh, uh, the Brokier Thunderkin. Which are uh, heavy gunner dudes. They have conversion oh, beamers. those guys. I think 98% of them looks awesome, but they have such goofy little feet because they're on, like, power stilts. They're, on, it's kinda... they're on fucking moon shoes. Yeah, no, it's weird. Uh, the feet don't feel big enough. It feels like they're going to tilt forward all the time. It's, it's an interesting choice. Like, it feels like they should either be off to the side or the feet should be larger. But uh, if, you, uh, if you look at the picture and just, like, hold your finger above the feet so you can't see them, it looks pretty cool. I like their exosuit. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, the exosuit's very neat, but the, the, the fucking stilt feet just kill me. Maybe they have a special rule where they can do, like, a pogo hop with them. Just, like, a uh, once, they probably once per have, game. Uh, they probably have closer to, like, normal unit movement. Because I'm sure yeah. these guys are only going to have like four or five inch movement. Yeah, I imagine that's going to be pr- probably like the squats in Necromunda. They're going to be a bit slower, what with their tiny legs. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> their squatty I, legs. Yeah, they'll either be able to move faster or they'll be able to move with heavy weapons and not incur a penalty because they have exosuits maybe. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, overall I think they're cool. It's it's pretty consistent with most of the Votan stuff where I like the majority of the model, but there's like one thing that's just a little goofy about them. Uh but it pretty much across the board for Votan, it's been like that. So you know, at least they're keeping consistent. Um, and yeah, that's the end of uh, Votan Watch for this week. Boo, 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 boo. All right. So after dumb things, uh, they showed off what might be the fucking coolest thing GW has ever made, and that's the fucking Escher jet bikes. Oh, the cutter! That is such a fucking Dude, rad it's model. So fucking cool it is like somebody took a fighter jet engine mounted some guns and a motorcycle seat to it and went go they're just they're they're so so outrageously necromunda like it this is not something you'd see in the majority like this is maybe something you'd see an orc converter do but this is not something you'd see in 40k otherwise yeah plasma guns and auto cannons are the weapons on these things and these grenade things launchers are going to be fast as hell and explode so easily and it's going to be hilarious and one of them is painted in leopard print oh uh, there's print, leopard sorry. print there's cheetah print uh i want a zebra one what yeah there's some uh, they just they have some 
some signage on it that actually looks kind of dark Eldar. They have yeah, like the spiky. Yeah, that one when I first saw it, I thought it was a Drukari marking. Because it kind of has that sort of vibe where it's it just, you know, sheer speed with like a spiky prow on the front and an unarmored person going 3,000 miles an hour with a grenade launcher strapped to their ass. I mean, that feels like a, a Dark Eldar kind of thing. Yeah, no, th- these models are just so fucking cool. Uh, also, the caption on the video is, I like to ride my sky cycle. Oh, I mean, they knew what they were doing with these. These are these are like ten out of ten across the board. Yeah, Fucking like, amazing models. Uh, there's, I, I don't have a single complaint about these, and they're on actual flight stands and not the dumb, like curved flight stands. Yeah, no, it's just, so like just, everything about this model is great. They're these on are a cavalry base instead of a round base. Yeah, they're just they make so much sense for the Escher aesthetic. They they they're all about speed. They're all about hitting hard. I'm sure if you spit at them, they'll explode like most Escher stuff. So it's just it's perfect for this gang, and it's perfect it, for Necromunda. And also, there's one thing on these that you don't see a lot on things that I always thought you would have because you don't even see them really on the Orlocks that much, and that's a fucking dust mask because vehicles in the waste would create so much damn dust. Yeah, and no. All of them are wearing dust masks. They've all got the cool, like, fucking heads-up display sight thing. Yeah, it's... Yeah, now that you pointed that out, there are a lot of models that don't really have any kind of respiratory protection yeah. when they're driving through the, the radioactive wastes. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I will say that the Guild of Coin guys for the Cargo 8 hauler, they do have full head coverage, so at least they got it covered. Yeah. But yeah, like everything about these models just screams fast and dangerous. Oh, it's so cool. And, you know, on top of plasma guns, grenade launchers, auto cannons, they just have one big fucking knife on the front of it. Because why not? And true to Escher form, they're all wearing chaps. Yeah, all wearing chaps, all wearing (laughs) tank tops, all, all have crazy hairdos. It's just Escher through and through, and I love it. It's so cool. It's so fucking cool. Uh, continuing Necromunda, they did show off that the Goliaths gang is getting a new specific Forge Tyrant model. Uh, I mm-hmm. think this one's going to be a Forge World, I think. Mm, not seeing anywhere specifically that says uh, it. I don't know, yeah, I didn't see anything specific about that. But yeah, he's coming with a huge renderizer, just a fuck-off big double-headed axe. Uh, he's coming with, uh, I think it's a combi flamer? Maybe a bolt uh, gun combi flamer? I think so. Yeah, and then he's got a, a combi bolter slung over his shoulder with a, looks like a grenade launcher on it. So uh, if you're going to go do this dude WYSIWYG, not only is he going to cost like 400 credits, he is going to kill pretty much anything he comes into contact with. Yeah. Um, other Necromunda stuff. The Corpse Grinder weapon set is up for pre-order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As is the Deloc Big Brain Spiker model that. Um, Mega Mind. Yeah. Don't know if I love this model or hate this model. I Ooh. think it's kind of both. It's one of those ones where it's so stupid, it's great. A beer so nice, we crack it twice. Exactly. It's a. Uh... Uh, it's got the energy of the big potato, but it's not stupid like the big potato. It's it's the maniacal laugh and like hand wringing that does it for me on this model. It's a great pose. I mean, they they kind of nailed. Is. They just nailed what they were going for with it, even if it looks goofy as hell. But it leans into the goofiness, and it's not like trying to be cool goofy. 
Yeah, no, it's it's because I converted one of these guys when I had a, uh, a Delok gang on our, our first stumbling attempt to play Necromunda, and I used a cup. I used some chaos bits to give him a big head. I did not imagine it was going to be this big when I built them. Like they went at least double the size I did because I used one of the uh, the psychers from Blackstone Fortress, which you know they got kind of a weird bulbous protrusion head, but like. This this guy's like he looks like his head's about to explode in the best kind of way. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, also on Warcom, the day after we talked about it on our recording, they revealed we were indeed exactly correct on the two models for Warhammer Plus Year Two. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, the, the Corn Terminator. Yeah. Terminator's awesome, but I'm gonna have to go with the the fucking chaos sorcerer because he comes with not one not two not three but fucking four tiny little throwback familiars including a fucking walking cooking pot mimic oh they're all so good and a untastefully tiny little hooded robed man yeah i think they're kind of going for more like the spanish catholic vibe no no i think they are no definitely not going for uh you know, a particular uh, American terrorism group. <laughs> yeah. Then you have the weird little, like, uh, I don't know, toad frog lizard person smoking a bone pipe. I think he's playing a flute, but it looks more like he's smoking a pipe. I honestly just love Tiny Knight. Just, just, it's just a, Tiny a, little, great. Yeah. a little guy with a big fucking berserk gut sword. I mean, why not? Yeah. No, uh, I'm going to have that model, and when I get that model, I will start playing a halfling uh, fucking fighter in D&D with it. Beautiful. That, I, th- I I might get both of them, honestly. Like, I think I would... Both of these models are rad enough I want to own them because I, I liked the uh, the Auric uh, boss that came with the first year, but it just mm-hmm. it just echelons below the sniper. I mean, yeah. but but these two are amazing in their own different ways, so it's I think the, it'd be worth picking up for both of them. The paint job on Azrach the Annihilator is just stunning. Yeah, no. They, like when they, I looked at it, I thought it was a piece of digital art to begin with. They nailed the the exact look that Mark Gibbons did in his original yeah. art. Like it, like it down to the non-metallic metal. Like it is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, like it looks like it stepped off the page. It's incredible. Yeah, like I, I love that. But the other models just cooler, and I don't have a need for a single Chaos Terminator Lord. I mean, neither do I, but I want it. But you know what? We'll see if I still say that come August of next year. Uh, I think you can actually, with this one, they made it where if you go ahead and buy the full year, you can just go ahead and order them. So really? uh, we'll see how your impulse control is in like two days. <laughs> well, I was going to end up flipping to the, the just pay once for a year anyway. It'll save me a little bit. Yeah, no, that's what I have. I have it on reoccurring, so it'll mm-hmm. it'll it'll save a smidge and I'll be able to order them as soon as they're available. So uh, ugh, might be a quick purchase before Nova. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what, what other Warcom articles popped out to you? Uh, well, there's a couple of recent releases that did some black library stuff. Like we said with the, the, the witch hunters guide, uh, mm-hmm. they also released, um, the hell is her name? Kato Ezekiel, the really cool dynamic, uh, vampire, oh, vampire lore model. And then the Caradron overlord as well with them. Uh, what the hell is his name? Drecky something. Drecky yeah, sure. Flint, which is, this is a solid model. It looks fine. Uh, they, uh, they also released the next three names for the kill team expansions for this season and they are cool as shit very 40k all right shadow vaults what do you think is going to be in shadow vaults let's make our predictions here shadow vaults um 
Let's see, vaults. It's going to be definitely an Imperium. It's going to be somebody trying to crack open a vault. Uh, I'm going to guess we're going to get like our first Terminator squad. We might get like three Space Marine Terminators maybe. Or I, I guess probably Gravis Captain or Gravis suits because yeah, everything's goes. Primaris now. So the, the Terminator equivalent for the Primaris Marines maybe. And then... Ooh, uh, 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 gene stealers, I guess. Tyranid something. I, I I don't know. I feel like at least one of these is going to be very like OG Space Hulk, but like modern version of that. You think? And I, I, so, out of all of them, Shadow I think Vault? Shadow Vaults might be. Okay. I I think that Shadow Vaults is going to be Mechanicum and Necrons. That would be cool. I don't really I think. think I bet that's what Shadow Vault is going to be. I don't know of any Space Hulk stories that I know of off the top of my head that actually involve Necrons. They're, they're one of the, the Xenos that don't really tend to show up on them most of the time. Yeah. But that would be a cool change of pace. But we also have Kroot, so anything goes in my brain. That's true. Kroot was not something I would have called when they first teased this. So, yeah, it, it could yeah. be whatever. Um, what about Soul the next Shackle? Up, next up after that, Soul Shackle. Something Chaos, for sure, because they deal with soul shit. Like, maybe Chaos and Eldar, because both of them are the factions that fight over souls the most. That was my thought would be uh, Slanesh Chaos, specifically, yeah. and Drukari. Yeah, that would be super thematic. That's uh, that's my thought on Soul Shackle. Maybe Harlequin, because they're also big at Ooh. fighting Slanesh. And we haven't gotten any new proper Harlequin models in, like, 12 years. Yeah. All right, what about Gallowfall? This, I huh? think, is the tough one. I don't know about Gallowfall, because, what is it, this one's Gallo Dark, whatever the first one is? Yeah, it's the Gallo Dark is the, the ship. Huh, let's see. Imperial Breachers and Crude on this one. I would imagine they'd probably stay roughly in line with that. So, like, something Tau-related, maybe? Like, maybe... I don't know. They did, they did do the Farseers or whatever recently. Uh, Pathfinders, maybe... Yeah. I don't know. Vespid or something interesting? Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, they haven't gotten an update in ages. That could be kind of a cool thing to do a, a one-off gang of them. And then probably versus something Imperium, because... Every, everything's got to have a beer in a minute. Um, that could be the one we get Inquisitors on. Probably not. Uh, I, I, th that's my thought. I think Gallifall is going to be Inquisitors and something. I think Inquisitors and Tyranids, maybe. Like Ordo Xenos and Tyranids. There's not much to infer from that name is the problem, so. No, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to infer from any of the names, truly. I mean, Soul Shackle's a big one. There, there are a couple of factions that specifically deal with soul-related shit. So that one, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying it's Eldar and Chaos, or at least one of those two. So. Yeah. And then Shadow Vaults, it's going to be some Imperium faction trying to get into some STC shit. So either Admech or Space Marines or, you know, it's that, that, that one's probably also a given. Um, it just depends who they're fighting. Gallowfall, I got no real idea. Yeah. Uh, and then in other Kill Team news... They are releasing the individual boxes of the Gellerpox Infected and the uh, Euclidean Star Strider. It's not Euclidean, though. It's E-L-U. Oh, L Lucidian? Lucidian? I think it's Lucidian Star Striders. Uh, Elucidian. Elucidian Star Striders and Gellerpooks Infected. Oh, them Gellerpooks. <laughs> That sounds like a fucking slur. We shouldn't say that it again. Does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Moving oh. on. <laughs> yeah, and the Kill Team Annual. But yeah, uh, 
I really like the the Star Striders because they have the fucking Voidsman with the big ass fuck you gun. It's it's a really cool gang because you get a lot of variety. You get yeah. a lot of you get a lot of Imperium weirdos. You get like a Death Cult assassin. You get the really yeah. cool Rogue Trader. You get some Necromunda really box. Yeah, it would be yeah. You get a really cool tech priest, but he doesn't quite fit in with the aesthetic of the normal tech priests. It's 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 got some interesting like one off models for sure. And the Geller Pox to me are peak Nurgle. Yeah, because they're not they even like just creepy and gross. And they're not even like proper Nurgle stuff. They're like mutations. Yeah. They're not even like demons. So they're it's they're their not, own. <laughs> my belly has a mouth. Yeah, exactly. They're I they're like just that aesthetic. Just a weird offshoot essentially where it's like uh what it's like a a tech infection essentially and then it kind uh, of infected the crew yeah but it's still it's still definitely nurgle oh know, no 100 percent, it's nurgle it's there's just one of the great little nurglings with a fucking gas mask the, and then that uh the, the ogre looking thing has like a fly as its arm that is just so creepy well they had uh three of the big guys they got fly arm dude and then they got the dude who was like uh, he's got a big butcher cleaver and he's got like his stomach well like not even a stomach just like most of his body is made up of like gnashing jaws but he's also a big cool. fucking dude and they had another one that was uh, three crew members that have been mutated into a furnace so like his belly was a big furnace but he still Ooh. had weird gross fleshy bits on him it was a really cool kit yeah I'll, I'll definitely pick up at least the star striders I don't know about the infected I'm not a big yeah, chaos they, guy yeah. Uh, Chaos is a lot of cool stuff. I don't know about necessarily getting, like, a Chaos hole, but they have a lot of really cool, like, offshoot gangs and things like that. Um, but yeah, and the box also comes with just, I think it's just this year's, like, all of the rules for all of the gangs that have been released or updated this year. So, uh, just from the page, it shows Admech, uh, Chaos, uh, Imperial Guard, the Space Marine Infiltrators, uh, Thousand Sun Sorcerer and his, uh, his Rubric Marines, um... Keller Morph Gene Stealer and his uh, his gang, and then uh, hey, speaking of Harlequins, the Shadow Seer and her retinue. So you know, it's uh, if you got a basic gang, it looks like it's going to be in this box. Yeah, uh, Horus Heresy rules for Aeronautica. Cool as well. So, bringing it and it's uh, on the same scale as Horus Heresy Titanicus. I was about to say bringing it a little closer to Titanicus. Maybe one day we'll actually get a proper uh, epic again. Oh yeah, that would and- be. So they silly. released another big box for uh, another dual army box for Age of Sigmar. Did you see what it was? Arcane Cataclysm. Oh yeah, the uh, Zinch dudes versus uh, fucking, fucking bull elves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the Cursling model. He's really cool. Uh, I actually kind of like the the Lumineth model in this one for their special hero. Couldn't tell you what she's called, but um, it actually has a nice aesthetic to it. The Sinari Enlightener. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the Kersling's yeah. cool because he's got like a second him breaking out of the armor. Yeah, well, Kersling was a, uh, he was an original Warhammer fantasy dude who's been brought to Age of Sigmar, which is really huh. cool. So I'm uh, I'm hopeful that they do that with most of the like big specific uh, uh, Warhammer fantasy chaos demon prince-ish dudes because they did that with Sigvald already. Um, now they got Cursling, and then they got um, what's her name, Valkia or Valkaya or whatever oh, yeah. for Corn, the big uh, uh, and Slambo. No, Slambo, Slambo is the the peak of all chaos. Oh yeah, uh, you'll never beat that model. Um, and then Festus for Nurgle, the uh, like plague surgeon dude. So that'd be really cool for some updates. Although the Festus model in particular holds up really well. That one's really really, really creepy. 
Um, check that one out. They actually just released all four of them in Total War Warhammer 3. So oh, it's, nice. uh, you don't want to spend 15 bucks for uh, a big update of Chaos and some cool new heroes. Check it out. It's fun. Hmm. I am a pay pig for that game. I have yeah, all of the are. DLCs between all three of them, and I have a cumulative a couple thousand hours between the three of them. So. On, uh, on last episode, you were talking about Interrogator a little bit for Warhammer TV. I finally started watching that. I got four or five episodes in, and I'm hooked. I'm loving it. It's great. Uh, the art style's great. I like the story. The voice acting leaves a little bit to be desired, with the exception of the main character. Uh, I like that he's like, he's like narrating it like it's a pulpy 1940s detective novel. I did yeah. that. On, like I like I told you when I, I described it last last time we talked, it's it's very like noir. It's it's very yeah. dark and gritty and very forty k grim dark. Uh, they enjoy the shooting in the head and the eyeball popping out. That's boy, like do they nine times? Yeah, it, it it just keeps happening. That's like that's like their signature for this show. Yeah, I was like, oh hey look, a headshot. Oh there's the eyeball. Oh hey headshot. Oh there's the eyeball. It definitely feels like the hey guys, you, you complained that Warhammer wasn't dark gritty enough. Well fuck you. This is definitely for people age fifteen and older. Yeah, and uh, I brought that up because it also the second half, Act Three started on wednesday yes i am fully up to date on it right now i've been keeping up with it as it comes out because it's actually good i'm actually excited to see it every time it comes out i really hope they don't shit the bed when it comes to the ending yeah i watched uh the lore master on crute that was actually very good as well i watched the lore masters on um swear to god uh, if you say leagues of votan i swear to god andrew i mean that's what i was gonna say but i could not say it if you want me to was it really it's no, part it was actually one. That's what kills me. Is it's part one. Well, they actually have interesting lore. Like I would recommend it. it they, yeah, they okay. I feel like they they did a pretty good job of slotting them into current forty k, because uh, the the way they uh, thought up to like keep them hidden from the galaxy makes sense because they live near the core of the galaxy, which is mostly like black holes and exploding stars. So it's really hard to navigate. But since they have relatively intact STC technology, they're actually able to handle that, and so because of the horse heresy and shit like that, they're just like, fuck it, we're just going to hang out on our own for a while and kind of let things simmer down for a bit. And so they did. And then the Cicatrix Maledictum happened, and they're like, well, shit, we got to actually like open trade routes so we don't starve to death. So that's why they're coming back out. So it actually kind of makes sense, especially considering like how squats disappeared in uh, early Warhammer lore and came back. So, yeah, you know, it's it, it kind of tracks. Yeah. Oh, but, all right. So... That's that pretty much wraps up the Warcom articles, yeah. Mm. Anything? Yeah, I'd say so. There's nothing else. Shit. Really? Well, mm, one last big one for Horus Heresy that I think you'll actually appreciate. Yeah. They brought back the goofy old land raider, the big ass tank oh, tread one. Yeah, the the Proteus. Yeah, that one is so gloriously stupid. I love it. <laughs> and it's it's coming out in plastic, baby. Okay, that's it. <laughs> it kills me. Oh, it's so wonderfully stupid. I won't. I got in the hobby looks. right as the uh, like the the new Land Raider, the good Land Raider, fucking Land Raider, got released, and it was that thing was. I bought one. I bought uh, one and a Crusader variant, and they were like twelve year old me dropped a whopping like thirty two dollars on each of them. Oof, that's a lot when you're twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's cheap for a tank though. Nowadays, that's cheap these like, days. $90 yeah, dollar tank. Uh, I think they're closer to a hundred these days. Probably. 
Let me, let me, let me yeah, check on Games a, Workshop. A quick googs. Go into the googs. Eighty-five. Uh, okay, so not as bad. The Crusader but. is one ten. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the Crusader and the Redeemer. Redeemer one ten. I guess they, they just come, come with, with more sprue. sprue. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, pretty fucking pricey, especially compared to thirty-two dollars. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. So if you've uh, if you've been listening to any of our last couple of episodes, you'll know that Andrew and I are going to the Nova Open with Matt uh, in a couple of days, actually. In fact, on day of release, we'll probably be driving up there when most people are listening to this. Yeah, I'll, I, more than likely, one of us will wake up 30 minutes early before we get up to head out at about 6 in the morning because we got a bit of a drive. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> Just fucking post it while we're on the road. I, I mean, it might be better, too, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about what the Nova Open and the Nova Open Charitable Foundation is. Because, like, yeah, it's a cool tournament and event, but it's actually a really neat thing. So the Nova Open is in D.C. It's right outside of D.C. Um, it's Arlington, in, right? Yeah, it's, it's in Arlington. Yeah. Uh, it had, this is its first year back since COVID. It's a uh, year in 2019. I believe it had around 3,000 players for all of the events in it. Uh, it does everything from Warhammer, uh, 40,000, Age of Sigmar, Kill Team. Basically, if it's got a GW tag on it, it's got an event there. There's X-Wing, Infinity, War Machine, Malifaux, Frostgrave, uh, Frostgrave all kinds of tabletop games. There's a bunch of like classes and things. GW's there with the big thing that does a bunch of painting classes. Uh, CK Studios is doing airbrush classes. There's a bunch of other like master classes. Everything from green stuff to airbrushing to transfers to weathering. There, there's classes for all of those things there. But what's great about the Nova Open is it's a charitable foundation. They do auctions for the charities as well for a bunch of stuff. Also, if it's like the other years, there's a bar there, and it's a charity bar. Like, you make don't you, you buy the beer, and profits of the beer go to the charities. I mean, the, that's something I can get drunk to. I mean, hell let's yeah. be real. Hell yeah. Um, the big charities <laughs> that they tend to do is Doctors Without Borders, which is fantastic. Which is great, because that's yeah. one of the few, like, unimpeachable... Uh, charities that's actually doing good out there right now it's not going to like bono's pocket or something like that yeah well the other one that's really huge is fisher house yes which is for military families that one like the fisher house is an amazing charity they've been around i feel like they haven't been around for that long actually but let's see let's see what what, what their actual inception date yeah i'm trying to find it i don't i don't see it on here i have no idea off the top of my head i don't either but i didn't start hearing about the fisher house until probably about six or eight years ago which is pretty recent as far as a big charity goes yeah but they they do housing and lodging for military families while they're in hospitals and things like that recovering from ptsd recovering from ptsd recovering from injuries um when they're having to do know, like therapy a, a, yeah. a buku of horrible shit that happens when you're when you go to war yeah and they've they've raised 547 million dollars at the fisher house damn so yeah that's crazy they've they've built 92 houses around veteran hospitals that's pretty great 
So, um, and, and that's is it's not like you're living in a hotel. Like it's actually like a house that they're playing. A home, people. yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's nice to do. Like it's the little things. When somebody's in a hospital for a long term thing, living in a hospital room taking care of him or a hotel room taking care of him, it, it's a pretty crushing thing. But being able to have a home, even if it's not your home, that just feels a little bit more comfortable and more like. Well, just having like a proper yeah. bathroom and a proper kitchen and a proper living room, just like a, a living space. Yeah. Um, a living space that's your own. Exactly. Yeah. Because a, ho- a hotel is like a transient kind of thing. You are mm-hmm. you don't feel home there unless you're like living in a penthouse, which yeah, a lot of veterans can't afford. So. Um, so. And then last but not least, the Breast Cancer Research yes. Foundation. Also, just another like unimpeachably good foundation, just really good charity. That's nobody likes cancer, but fuck cancer. Yeah. I think we can all say that. <laughs> so that's a good one to give some money to. Yeah, and it's not the uh, the Susan G. Komen breast cancer thing. I'm getting, don't even fucking started on that. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of for those of you who aren't up to date. There's a lot of quote charities out there that uh, don't really give much of the charitable donations to the actual research or the actual people that need it. A lot of it goes to pay their people, which sure they need to have a little bit of money to like continue the foundation, but mm, it shouldn't be for profit. It should be for fucking charity. Exactly. So in all three of these are fantastic charities. This year, there is one more charity on one of their auctions, uh, and it's the Reach Out and Read program that is all about childhood literacy. Oh, nice. I did not actually realize that was also there yes. this year. So that one is only, as far as I can tell, oh, sorry, drop my can. As far <laughs> as I can tell, that's only on the Warlord Titan auction. Okay. So speaking of the auctions, every year, the Nova Open Foundation does auctions. They, they do charity auctions. They run anywhere between, like, four and six of them a year. Uh, their big one is their summer auction, because it's, it's, all, it's all right there around the Nova Open. So, like, just, just to give you an idea of some of the raffles they have. Oh, there's some good ones. Are all, yeah, these things are all donated to the Nova Open charity for these raffles. So, it's not things that, you know, they're buying to raffle off. It's all things that people are doing and putting out there for it. The big one, I think they've done one of these at least the past two or three years, is Ad Meliora, a warlord titan, like yeah. the big daddy yeah. from We're Forge not talking World. Titanicus, we're talking no. the Forge World $2,000 big boy kit. Yeah, and it's fucking gorgeous. Like, if you haven't checked it out, NovaOpenFoundation.org. Oh, that's why it's, I'm quiet right now. I'm scoping yeah, it out. It's like, such it's, a good model. It's beautiful. But all of the auctions on here go to specific charities. The Warlord Titan actually splits evenly between all of the charities. So if this one, you know, if it makes $1,000, it'd go... 250 to each of the four charities it's gonna make way more than it's gonna make way more than a thousand dollars it's nine dollars a ticket so theoretically you could drop nine dollars and get a two thousand dollar titan with a two thousand dollar paint scheme on it yeah it's uh it's raffles are a thing it's uh you don't gotta drop much to potentially get it odds are you won't but you never know yeah and this one is painted by dan osborne 
who is uh, he's he's a commission artist. Most of these guys are commission artists, and uh, I've bought a ticket for this one. I believe oh, you me did too. as well, correct? Yeah. Did you just buy one? Just one for now. Uh, yeah, I might impulse purchase another one. one yeah. <laughs> it, it depends on if I can buy them at Nova. If I can buy them at Nova, I might want to buy another. Yeah, one that's I I'm. I've, I'm saving my shekels for uh, after Nova. So I've, I've, I've put like 30 some odd dollars to the charity at the moment. And then once I'm done with Nova and see how much of a, a massive hole that burns in my wallet, I'll probably throw a little bit more. Yeah. And all of the auctions on this site run to October 3rd. Exactly. And the I think the cheaper auctions are, I call them auctions, raffles. The cheaper yeah. raffles are like $5, I think is the cheapest one. Yeah. And nine is the most expensive. Each of them's one ticket. Um, trying to think of the ones I did. I threw yeah. in a bid for a Blackstone Fortress kit, fully painted, yep. just the original kit, none of the expansions, unfortunately. Uh, no, I think it's got the expansions, doesn't it? Does it? Is there a Zolkath the Zod I might win? <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think so. Either way, Blackstone Fortress. The entire Blackstone Fortress set of 44 miniatures. Ooh. Well, either way, threw threw some money at that. I think that one was like seven fifty or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's eight for that one. Eight. It's got uh, the big headed psyker. I put in a bid for a really cool Necron army that was fully painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one was seven dollars. So that, that, it fluctuates. You can buy individual models. There's some some really well painted single minis. Uh, there's yeah. some like kill teams. There's a couple of Necromunda gangs. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some really big ones that I think a lot of people who are in this hobby might be invested in, such as uh, one of the Stormcast dragons painted by one own saint duncan of Rhodes. so yeah uh, I, I threw in for that one like, i i might in, do that as well crap, I, it's cool did not realize that before we started recording and tony alerted me right yeah. before we hit record so uh whew, that might be a couple extra dollars they get out of me damn yeah. you charity <laughs> it's, yeah curses how dare my money go to something good ah. uh there's a really beautiful avatar model the uh, avatar gain uh, a lot of yeah. um there's a lot a, of the little dioramas uh tons of different armies there's a, a big cruel boy army a necron army like i said there's just just give it a browse there's some some there's, huge ones like um yeah, there's what is it, a Stormhawk. yeah well there's a uh kratos tank which is a big forge world tank i threw in a ticket for the beautifully painted black templars uh fucking thunderhawk gunship yeah which is awesome uh who painted that one let's see oh wait Oh, no, it's not a full one. It's extensively converted based on a Valkyrie model with a ton of plastic car and speller bits, creating a chippy scale Thunderhawk. Wow. Either way, it's beautiful and it's super cool. Um, uh, a full Gene Stealer Colts okay, army. Okay, so it works, they work it as a Storm Raven. Yeah. Uh, a fully painted set of Dungeon Bowl, if you want to do one of the weird offshoot mm-hmm. Blood Bowl games. Um, Blackstone Fortress, like I said, uh, you can if get. If you just want like a display piece, there's very, very pretty like one-off busts. Uh, there's a great one of uh, like a goblin mechanic, and also a Blood Bowl goblin with a jetpack. Oh yeah, that one's great. That is great. Uh, I really like that mechanic. It's just it's so well put together if you really want to try to double your bang for your buck there is an eldar versus ultramarine you get two armies for the price of one they've also got um like classes and lessons on here there's one of them that is uh, a painting lesson with a guy named matt DiPietro, 
of contrast minis. He's got some amazing stuff. Dude, uh, the model that it, like, shows is one of his. It, it looks like a picture. The skin tones this guy can do is just absolutely unreal. I'm looking at it now. Holy shit. Right? Wow. Yeah. Like, it's it's it looks real. Yeah, these are... This guy is one of those artists where, you know, as soon as I start to feel a little big for my britches, and I'm like, I'm a pretty yeah. good painter. I look at this, and I go, I got so fucking much to learn. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you just go through some of the stuff he's done, the... The skin. Oh my god, the fucking Smeagol he did. Oh, he did a... Oh, give me a golem. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow. That just looks like it's looking out of the screen at you going... Oh, let's see. Some of the other ones they've got... uh, They've got a mini wargaming vault membership. They get you access to a bunch of their stuff. Uh, Yeah, a lifetime vault membership. Yeah, a lifetime vault membership, which is actually a really good deal. There's a guy named... um, mastermind models and minis who you basically work with him and he'll build you an STL that you can print off of I assume kind of whatever I assume it's for a mini but probably I assume he probably has like a size limitation but otherwise 250 milliliters which is fucking massive that's that's like half a warlord titan yeah yeah that like it's it's a lot but he's uh, got some great stuff that he's done. You, you glossed over the mini war gaming stuff because another big one is a trip to go to the bunker, which now, for those of you that don't know, fair. it doesn't include airfare or anything there. That's still still that because yeah. I'm sure they charge a lot because it's essentially what like a hotel and also yeah, it's, board it's game basically shop. a gaming retreat. And it's for five days and four nights. You yeah. just hang out for a week and just play nerd shit. I mean, for that's, four people. I mean, if you're in this hobby and you haven't seen the mini war gaming guys, like, what are you doing? They're like, they're like the guys who started it on YouTube, essentially. So check it yeah, out. They, uh, they I have, threw in for one of those. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to as well because I didn't realize it was for you and three friends. So. Yeah. Oh no, it would, it would, uh, it would totally be me, Andrew, uh, probably Matt, and then if Phil has his kids or something, one lucky listener. Hey, hey. <laughs> it helps that half our listeners are people that we know. <laughs> yeah, just get in the fucking car here. That's not true. We've actually developed a listening base in California. So what's up, West Coast? Hey, hey guys, what's going on? Three hours behind us and all that. Doesn't also, make you any props, less cool. props to the one dude in Ontario who continually downloads our podcast. Uh, shoot us an email and tell all your friends we name dropped you on a podcast if you want. Yeah, had a couple people in Ireland, had a couple people mm-hmm. in the UK, a couple people in Russia Russian for a bit. Guy. Then they invaded Ukraine, and we don't have any more Russian listeners. Yeah, I imagine his uh, his internet's probably not great right now. So, yeah. hope hope everything goes well for you, guy. Godspeed. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Muller Miniatures got our care package the other day. Yeah, well. yeah, they uh, shouted us so out on have... Instagram, and I shouted them back. And hey, yeah. you know, glad glad you got the stuff. It's cool, dude. His art's awesome too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's check him out. Muller Miniatures. Yeah, uh, but yeah, sorry. Back to Nova. Open a little bit. But so we've got all those. We they've got all those raffles. We have the chance to buy those raffles, Tony. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I have I've gone in on a couple of them. Oh boy, me too. But yeah, you know, check it out. Even even if you don't super have an interest in any of this stuff, it's really cool. Just display pieces you could put office desk or just kind of wherever. Well, and worse comes to worst, it's for charity. Yeah. So worst comes if, to worst, you've donated some money to a good, reputable yeah. charity. And even if you don't have a ton of money, there's a couple of things in here that's like $4 for a bid. Mm-hmm. You, you give, yeah, like you know, the, uh, the guinea pig geisha. geisha. Exactly. Actually, there's like adorable. a Spider-Man. One, one individual chaos knight, you know? 
uh, for Age of Sigmar, not the big Chaos Knights. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, you can feel good about yourself for giving to charity, and if you're lucky, you might get a cool mini out of it. The Spider-Man's actually pretty cool. Spider-Man is pretty cool. That's very dynamic. <laughs> uh, there's two dragons on here, but only one of them was painted by Duncan Rhodes. Ooh, which one did he do? Was it the He the did uh, Krazy the Scarred. Yeah. yeah. He did the one that you look at and just go, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's real fucking good. Ugh. It's real fucking good. Uh, the Avatar Kane is super good, too, though. Yeah, that's uh, Will Brightly did that one. Nice. Yeah, that's a really cool fire effect. Mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful. I also, one other really great thing is on these, the artist's Instagrams are actually linked to them. So, like, if, if you click the artist at the bottom, it will take you to their Instagram. So, if you like the work they did, drop them a follow. Yeah. Be surprised at some of the cool shit. Like, uh, um, uh, Oscar Lars, he did these two, uh, the, the Escher chicks. I just want to know how he did the fantastic little, like, glowy bit at the bottom. He does it on a bunch of his Necromunda bases. Where it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's very, like, Far Cry Blood Dragon looking. Oh, very, uh... Damn, what is the name of it? It's a it's it's a thing that's come up recently where it's yeah, it's I, like retro eighties where it's a lot of pinks and fuchsias and stuff like that. It's it's got like the drive aesthetic, like it's uh what is it? Fuck. Something wave. Retro wave, something like that. Vapor wave? Vapor wave, that's it. The vapor wave aesthetic. Yeah, so very uh vapor wave aesthetic with these. I should have known that. I have that as a tail on Rocket League. Well, there you go. <laughs> right, it just took me a minute to, to work through it. I did very large 10% alcohol beer. I mean, yeah, on. yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm almost done with number two of 5.4. So I am uh, like three fourths of the way through this very large can. I, so. am, I am amazed at how good this one is. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to pick some up. That sounds great. If I have some left, I'll, uh, I'll bring you one on Sunday. I'm saving one can that I told Oliver he's going to have to sign for me. Nice. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Andrew and I talked a little bit about this earlier in the episode. There's one piece of shared hobby progress that we've, uh, we got probably, what, 70-odd percent done at this point? Give or take, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Andrew, you want to you wanna tell, uh, tell our listeners what it is? Oh, well, Tony and I have uh, gone in on a diorama for our uh, AOS doubles gang. So uh, we are going Mega Gargants and Skaven, and... Uh, this kind of went purely off of the fact that my Mega Gargans I specifically made to have diverse bases because I want them to look like they're in whatever environment they're in. So my Kraken Eater is on a water base and my Mega Stompa or War Stompa is on like uh, broken ruins with uh, like grassy terrain. So we're like, shit, we need to make a diorama that kind of makes sense with that. What do we do? So we're doing kind of like a weird coastline sort of thing. Um and we, we started working on that the other weekend, and I've done some work on it. It's at my place, so I've done some work on it since then, and uh, it's coming together pretty well, I think. It is. I'm, I'm liking it so far. Uh, we've definitely learned some do's and don'ts, and we should have bought this's and not that's. Yeah, this is a, a pseudo-tool tip, because uh, yeah. this is the first time really doing like a proper big diorama like this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely for me. I've for done me as well, small yeah. pieces of terrain before, but never anything like this. Yeah, so uh, we did the the standard thing of getting like insulation foam because it's it's usually that or like corrogated cardboard. Yeah, um, so and then on top of that, 
we uh, we slapped on some stucco patch, which is yeah. just a, a a nice big wall patch that you normally use, but we we specifically made it look nice and textured, so it looks like dirt. Yeah. Um, uh, pro tip. Uh, if you plan on doing that, it's great. It was like $8 for a bucket that covered the entire 2 by 2 thing very well. Uh, but pro tip, it's got a 2 to 3 day full cure time on it. So it's not one of those things you can last minute. If you spread it nice and thin, you can probably force it in a day. Like a full <laughs> 24 hour period yeah. day. Because it does, it does shrink a little bit when it cures. Yes. Um... So we did that, and then on, what, Monday, Monday. I, I painted it black so we get a nice base prime on it, essentially. And we're using just, like, Walmart cheapy apple yeah, barrel paints. They're, fucking 54-cent apple barn paints. Which, you know... It's a water-based acrylic paint. Yeah, for something this big. Like, the, pic, the pigment density is not as good as something like a Vallejo or a Citadel, but we're doing terrain. It doesn't matter so much. So I did that. Uh, and then Wednesday, while everybody else was doing Necromunda, since we had an odd number of players, I elected to stay home because more than likely Necromunda was going to go long enough I wouldn't get a game in anyway. Much fun as it would have been to hang out and shoot the shit with everybody. Uh, and I started painting it myself. So I did the, um, the, uh, land portion of it. I started off priming that just like a very dark brown just basing it dark brown. And then I just started dry brushing up from there. I did a very dark gray on top of it. I stippled in some greens here and there. I did a light gray on top of that. So that way it gets kind of like a, I don't know, kind of like a mossy stony kind of look. I'm not thinking like a proper, like, you know, Miami beach or anything. I'm thinking yeah. maybe like a, like an Irish or an English beach where it's very like rugged and like dramatic more than uh, yeah, pristine and going and hanging out in fun in the sun kind of beach. And then yeah, we've uh, got a, it's like a, it's like a fishing hut on like a cliffish coastline with a dock coming off of it. So there's a couple of like more sheer cuts on it. D- dreary. Dismal. Those yeah. are kind of the words yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we have a, a nice 3D printed hut that Tony had for uh, D&D terrain that uh, mm-hmm. we're sacrificing for this instead. Yeah. Although at the end, we could always yank that off and you can still use it for D&D. Yeah. Um, uh, got some barrels and some other little miscellaneous small bits to pepper around it to give it a little more uh, the piece, feel as well. The piece de resistance is the popsicle stick dock that we built. Oh, that was actually <laughs> a lot of fun. That yeah, was it was fun. Fucking jamming dowels down into foam and piping it full of fucking glue. It came together really well. It, it actually did. looks I'm, very solid, I think. I'm very, very happy with how it's all turning out. Uh, thank you for doing the painting on a lot. Oh, yeah, no, it's easy peasy at this point. Like, something this big, mostly dry brushing, it's really not that hard. The main thing is going to be doing the uh, the actual water effects to look like water. So, yeah. um, Do you need to get more acrylic medium before Sunday, or do you think you have enough? I will let you know. Um, okay. I'll probably get started on the water effects tomorrow because I'll have about half a day to work on it. So I'll uh, I'll let you know how much we need from there. I should right. actually get it moderately close to finished by tomorrow, but we'll, okay. we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, it's a super fun project. The only thing we screwed up on so far is uh, we didn't really judge how long the uh, wooden box is going to be. Like the edges of it are not quite long enough, so we're going to have to screw some brackets into it to keep it together. But other than that, I think we did shockingly well just kind of doing like an off-the-cuff diorama. Yeah, it was, hey, let's grab a cart and wander through Lowe's. We could use that. We could use that. We could use that. We could use these. 
Uh, also, for the love of God, Andrew, you need to either sharpen that handsaw or get a fucking sawzall. Well, in my defense, uh, that handsaw was like $2, and I've had it for like most of a decade. seven years. Yeah, most of a decade, literally never been sharpened. So. It's great. Oh, yeah. It saws okay one direction. Yeah, I had difficulty cutting through a, a one-inch dowel. So. <laughs> yeah, one-inch dowel. I had difficulty cutting through a fucking quarter-inch board, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, work with the tools you got. Nobody got cut. The the cuts are relatively clean and even. It worked out. <laughs> but it's it's been a really fun project to do. So uh, definite things we've learned. Keep a vacuum on hand when you are cutting foam because that shit gets everywhere. Everywhere. I had my dust buster everywhere. the whole time yeah. and uh, it was necessary. <laughs> oh, man. Your vibe. My what? It's called a vibe. Oh yeah, my what is it? Dust, dust devil, dustbuster yeah. vibe. Because it's the, um, it was one of those ones I got uh, at Target, like when they're doing the the launch of all of like the college year stuff. So it's the cheap yeah. bullshit. And I was like, I just need a dustbuster. Apparently, apparently it's a vibe to bust dust these days. <laughs> it works. Yeah, no, it did its job. So there you go, thirty dollars well spent. Uh, you can mix. Um, wood glue and super glue to give you quick adhesion and then long-lasting adhesion. We learned that little trick when we were building the dock. Worked shockingly well, yeah. It really did. Uh, have you checked the sides to see how well they've adhered? No, I'll probably do that tomorrow when I'm okay. working on it again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get some corner pieces that we can put on there. Um, do you have tin snips? Uh, I have stuff that could work as tin snips, yeah. I have, like, like big wire cutters. Okay, I might just buy a pair of 10 snips. That's fair. That'd probably be better. <laughs> yeah. That way we can do the corner pieces, and um, I might get a couple of extra ones to put under the bottom just to support it in some places. Probably some not JB a JB Weld. <laughs> some some two-part epoxy to hook those on. Yeah, yeah, that's probably smart. I do have epoxy, though. You don't need to get that. Okay. Yeah, we'll put those on, and then we'll just um, pipe the corners full of something. Yeah. But yeah, either way, uh, tomorrow I'm going to start working on the water effects. I'm probably going to start gluing down some tufts of grass here and there to make it look like a nice barren hill. Uh, it's uh, not going to be... Gonna do, are we going to spread any of the step grass and stuff across it? Oh, yeah, that's what I got. I got okay, like cool. half a bottle of that. Um, I've got tons of it, too. I just got a container of it in. Actually, I have almost a full container now that I'm looking at it. So between the two of us, we're good. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, a very fun little project. We're not going to win any awards for it. There's people who go fucking mind-blowing yeah. with their dioramas, but... You know, it's better but than coming in. It will in. be presentable. It's better than coming in with like a pizza nice. box. You know, yeah. yeah. It, it and will it's, look nice, and I'll be happy with it. And I feel like there's going to be much cursing as us carrying around a big ass two by two wooden box from table to table. Oh, I can't. Games can't fucking wait for this thing to break three times while we're hauling our shit around with know, it. I'm, now that I know that Joseph is going to come out there, it's like, is it worth? fucking buying like a little push cart and then just <laughs> giving it to him up there. I was about to joke and have him be like our Igor who he's like yes master he just pushes our stuff <laughs> oh, around shit. with us. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about just buying one and then giving Joseph the push cart. No yeah yeah he's just he follows us with the cart and he's like of course coming Well he's, he's coming out for Saturday and Sunday. Oh wow. So he'll get to check out Slaughter Day. Slaughter Maybe I'll day. buy him a fucking Slaughter Day ticket and be like you're playing orcs. I mean yeah I've got four Blood Bowl teams that he well three of them one of them i'm using but he can speaking play of, with one uh, of them speaking of blood bowl and i forgot some hobby progress ah. my little metal ball rings ah, his definite hobby yeah. tool my, my 32 millimeter ball rings are here 
Definitely not for anything else. Just okay, for Andrew, Blood Bowl. I have two of them, so I will gift you one. Oh, thank you. We can have fun all night. <laughs> oh yes. Oh man. Let's see. What are uh, what are some other tips that you've learned while we've been doing this uh, this display board? Um, nothing really too wacky, honestly. It's mostly the same stuff we talk about a lot with just basic hobbying. Uh, the main thing is just that stucco takes a couple of days to dry. Yeah. I, di- I didn't realize it had that long of a cure time on it. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad because we, we slapped it on on Sunday and I started painting it Monday night. So it was like a day and a half of drying time. And there were there were a couple of bits where I could feel if I pushed down too hard, like the under layer was soft, but the top <laughs> layer was still fine. So it would accept the paint. And then I let it dry the rest of the night, and it worked out totally fine from there. So, um, have, have you painted the house yet or no? I started on the house. I uh, went ahead and dry brushed it a couple of times. So um, worst comes to worst, I'll take it with me to my uh, extremely busy job on Monday and paint it. So, What, uh, what color are you thinking for the roof? I was probably just going to do like brown and then dry brush a green on top of it so it looks kind of okay, mossy. Cool. But uh, That, that we'll was kind of my thoughts as well. That okay. way it kind of matches into the mesh. Either that or that really, really dark, like, brick terracotta red. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what feels appropriate at the time. There you go, yeah. I was going to say, it, it'd probably be better to paint after we finished everything else up, because then we can kind of, I almost said price match it. <laughs> Color match it. Either or, uh, yeah. Yeah, we can price match it to it. Oh, man. I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out, though. Yeah, no, it's going to be really fun. I'm... Super excited for Nova in general. We're going to meet a lot of our buds from the 40k Badcast Discord. Uh, we've got at least like, well, uh, definitely Dan from the Badcast. We got we to hang out with him again after NOLA. Because uh, he did specifically say he wanted to hang out with us at another con. We're going to hold I, him to it. We're going to hold him to it, goddammit. <laughs> uh, and then Michael from our Necromunda Podcast. He's Finally meet, meet him in person. Yeah, we get to see his goofy Hawaiian shirts in person. It's going to be great. Um, I should have made him a Dice Like Ice Hawaiian shirt. I mean, if you really wanted to pay for it, you could probably get that by Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, And then there's quite a few other people who I've chatted with on the Discord. Uh, They're they're coming to Nova. We're probably going to have a big meetup some night, probably Friday or Saturday. So it's just going to be a good time. Um, If you are going to Nova, Tony and I will be at the Age of Sigmar Doubles on Thursday. Friday, we should be doing Necromunda, unless we're hungover from the night before. We might skip it at that point. Who knows? Um, Saturday. laser tag Friday night. Laser tag! Fuck! I forgot about laser tag! Oh, shit! I gotta get... Joseph needs to be there Friday night. Oh, yeah! He's gotta gotta be our fourth for laser tag. All right, hold on. I'm gonna text him that real quick. Nice. I'll keep talking. Uh, So Friday night laser tag. Saturday we're going to be doing all day slaughter day, which is Blood Bowl tournament. Going to be tons of fun. Uh, And Sunday is our free day. So if you you see us wearing a Dice Like Ice shirt, come and say hey. We'll uh, be open to some pickup games for... I guess Age of Sigmar will have that, and we'll have Blood Bowl, and we'll have Necromunda. Um, Pro- I'll probably on... have a Warcry band with me. I'll have a Warcry band painted, for sure. I'll have it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a Warcry band for sure. I'll probably bring my Iron Golems just because they're ready. Um, or No, I do have Corvus Cabal painted. They're painted badly, but they're painted. They're um, painted. It's better than I got right now. It's fair. I, don't know. I, I might be able to, to crank one out over Monday and Tuesday. You never know. Um, I will have a Shade Spire gang. I did just get the Hexbane's Hunters. They will not be painted. Um... So, you know, we'll be around. So come say hi. Uh, and then yeah, Monday we're driving we'll give back. You stickers. Hmm? If nothing oh, else, yeah. we'll give you stickers. 
We will have a load of stickers to give out. Might have a few spare pins left over as well. So, you know, come and get some nice cheap swag. Yeah, so there you go. So that's our quick little episode. It wasn't a long one this week because, like Andrew said, it's been a whopping nine days since our last recording. A little off the cuff for us, yeah. Was uh, Andrew, you want to you wanna plug some of our stuff? Plug some of our stuff. Uh, well, we do have a nice Instagram that I we tend do. to post on. Shit, I didn't post an Instagram for the last one because we only did it like nine days ago. Well, and go I ahead only, and drop it today, and this and one will I, take a couple of days I to come I only out. uploaded it like a day and a half ago. Ah, so... Dice Like Ice podcast on Instagram. Uh, we got a Facebook, which is a fucking hell site that I never check. I, it's been like a month and a half since I checked my personal one, let alone our actual one. But if you like that hell site, we do have a, a, a Dice Like Ice Facebook page. Uh, a similar hell Dice site. Dice Like Ice podcast. Exactly. Similar hell site. We have a Twitter Dice Like Ice podcast, so follow us there. Um, we have a Twitch channel. We do have a Twitch channel. We haven't really done anything on it yet. But. Uh, whenever I play games, I stream on it. So if you want to listen to me bitch at a video game, it's yeah. Dice Like Ice podcast. Or is it Dice Like Ice? Dice underscore like underscore ice. Which should be true for most of our stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're around. If you have a favorite social media, we're probably on it. Unless it's TikTok. Fuck that site. I'm not a Zoomer. <laughs> I'm going to do TikToks that's just me taking videos of andrew candidly and posting them on tiktok <laughs> or we just do like weird <laughs> ironic tiktoks no that's how they get you that's how it starts no no i'm too cynical for tiktok i can't do this man <laughs> oh man oh uh, we also, also have a gmail so you know oh yes you, that wasn't what i was gonna if, say yes, if you yes. hate hell sites just send us an email at dice like ice podcast at gmail.com uh we'll respond to it we check it like once a month but we'll get there I have the notifications turned on. If we get an email, it shows up on my phone. Oh, nice. I don't. Uh, our main thing that's been emailing us is some guy named, like, Dave from Apple Podcasts being like, here's how to promote your podcast. Oh, Hi, God. Andrew Tony. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the first name is Andrew and the last name is Tony on it. Um, same thing on Instagram. Every time I post one, it's like, promote it on fucking reality records or whatever. And it's like, hey, fuck off. <laughs> Uh, we've also got one more media site that we'll soon have some actual honest-to-God content on. That is Dice Like Ice on Patreon.com. And Andrew, what's uh, what's that first content drop going to be? Uh, maybe it'll eventually be me painting a squat leader. I, I have the footage. I just haven't done voiceover or editing yet. <laughs> oh, I thought you did a build video. I did a build video as well. Fuck, I have a lot of stuff I need to get oh, done. see, there we go. Uh, and listeners, one of the things we've talked about doing is a mystery science theater-esque sort of thing where Andrew and I do a deep dive on a movie and you watch it with us. We'll record our reactions in real time to the movie and give you time marks on it. And then you can put it on and it's like you have us two chuckle fucks with you on a couch. Yeah. And we're also open to other podcast subjects via the Patreon. So, you know, if you're a patron, send us a message and you know we can talk about stuff other than warhammer we have a very varied uh, range of nerd interests so you know one we, of uh, one of our listeners trent is a very big terraforming mars player so who knows we might do a holy shit we suck at terraforming mars episode on the patreon yeah there's all kinds of things we're terrible at not just rolling dice <laughs> dice and dice related activities are the top though exactly Oh, man. But I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for our show this week. Like I said, it's a little bit of a short one. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this on your drive up to Nova. And if you are, come say hey or don't. 
to your life. I'm not yeah. your real dad. We we understand social anxiety is a thing. Yeah, we do. But we're both idiots, so you'll fit right in with us if you have the same kind we do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, what kind of advice you got? Oh, shit. It always takes me by surprise. Uh, <laughs> if you're... If you're cooking pork, make sure to cover it for at least the first half and throw a little water, some apple cider vinegar or something. That way it stays nice and moist. And then you take it off to get that nice sear on top. Boom. Advice. Damn, that is a hell of a pause from Tony. Yeah. All right, well. Dice like ice. Bye, guys. Andrew, he has cooking advice sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that one was off the cuff. That didn't have 30 seconds of me cuff. pausing. It, was, it wasn't terrible advice. Yeah. You heard it here first, kids. One of the ways to get a good sear on the pork is to cover it for the first half and then uncover it at the end. I'm telling you, you just got to do that to keep it moist. That's the big one. If you cook it right, you don't have to worry about that. You can't have dry pork. If your pork is dry, sear it first. Sear your pork first. That will hold in the juices and then you can cook it. Eh. Then you'll get a nice actual caramelized crust on it. You'll get a nice sear on it by searing it first. Eh. One of us is certified in this field. The other yeah. is colorblind. And what what the what does that have to do with food? <laughs> no, that is actually a problem. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell if yeah. ground beef is fully cooked. <laughs> oh god, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about the sear color on meat, but No, I've definitely uh made ground beef and cooked it <laughs> yeah. way too much just to make sure it wasn't undercooked. I didn't even think of that, dude. It's a problem. Like, you know, right. color colorblindness is real, y'all. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Dice like guys must be nice to play some games with your friends. Necromunda makes you wonder how friendships end. So flip that table if you're able. And consult your charts and graphs. <laughs> so let's have some fun and get it done. Or you can kiss my ass. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at dicelikeicepodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show. You're still here? It's over. Go home.
Go.